The world of ministry to teenagers can offer a full range of emotion, interesting challenges, rewarding victories, and discouraging difficulty. It is important to remember that the work we do with students is vital. It is good to be reminded that what you do matters and is appreciated. We hope that the time you spend here will encourage you and equip you to hit the mark in life and ministry. Welcome to the Scopehost Podcast, impacting youth ministry in Oklahoma and beyond. Hello, welcome to the Scopehost Podcast. My name is Todd Sanders, and I'm in studio today with Brian Baldwin. And Brian and I are on staff of the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma Youth Ministry Team. Brian, what's your role? I am the, the Youth Evangelism and Mission Specialist. So if I were to ask you, what are your main key responsibilities and the things that you want to point people toward, what would those things be? Well, overall responsibility is I want to help youth pastors and students be more gospel advancing. Um, give them some resources to do that, like evangelism training resources, like Good News, Gospel Conversation Strategy. Uh, we do trainings, we do resources. We um, also have the Youth Evangelism Conference that happens in January down here at Falls Creek. It's a big event we do. Um, and then also with Go Students, sending students all over the world and right here in our own state. This year we had 13 projects, around 280 students involved in missions and so that kind of stuff and then helping out here at camp and whatever you and andy tell me to do that's pretty much it <laughs> so let's uh, kind of camp on yec for a minute um if i were a leader and you're talking to a leader what are three reasons why you need to get your students to yc well i definitely would say it motivates people to share their faith sometimes we need kind of a little kick in the pants you know we need that deep motivation hey, don't be kicking me in the pants don't, i won't man but you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> i Kicks know in the saying. pants you know and that's right a lot kinda, of fire that's right and so we're definitely going to motivate people to to share their faith and sometimes that's 80 percent of the battle is the motivational part and then we also equip people to share their faith um, each, I, I believe everybody that comes to YUC will walk away with a plan and a strategy to actually do that. Um, they will come in um, maybe a little bit afraid. I always say that YUC is great for if you're scared to share your faith, you will be in good company. You know, if you are, uh, you know, an evangelist yourself, you'll find your happy place. You know, if you if the, the core students will go deeper, I think fringe students will will go all in, and uh, and those that are even lost, they don't know the Lord. Um, they will uh, hear the gospel over and over and have a chance to respond. So, so we, we want to motivate people. We want to uh, equip them. Um, and also we want to send people out with a strategy. You know, that one of the things that I love about YUC is each group comes back with a strategic action plan of what they're going to do when they get home. They'll set goals bef- before, you know, gospel advancing goals before the end of the school year goals, uh, before the end of summer, and then this time next year, whether it's gospel conversation goals or this many people in Sunday school or this many people coming to camp with us next summer, uh, whatever they decide. And it's cool because students will set the bar even higher there. And youth leaders don't have to sell it to them. And so uh, I would say those are three pretty important things about YEC. Yeah, I'd love good to deal. have everybody come. So uh, dates on that? It is January 20th and 21st. We do that on Sunday and Monday of Martin through King gotcha. Day weekend to uh, kind of get away from sports conflicts. Um, also to get people to church on Sunday instead of uh, everybody getting home late on a Saturday night. We want everyone to start at church. It kind of captures that Wednesday night crowd, maybe that didn't come Sunday morning, and also just kind of that event crowd coming yeah. in. So, yeah. um, and we also um, 
just excited that it can um, kind of give their youth leaders their weekend back as well, too. Yeah. And so, yeah, Sunday, Monday of Martin Luther King Day Very weekend. Uh, and you have summer rates available, yep, correct? Yep, you can get uh, tickets for $15 until August the 20th. And so I would just encourage folks to guess kind of conservatively and just know if you're half wrong, at least you're still even, you know what I mean? And so we want to try to help each other get uh, you, the leaders get better deals, and then also it helps us to know kind of who's coming and lets us prepare yeah. all the better. Great so. opportunity coming up in January, so check it out, scopos.org slash YEC uh, for more information and to start your registration process. So, um, And as a matter of fact, speaking of evangelism, that's why we're here today. Yes. We're going to talk about evangelism. We're going to bat around some philosophy, just some thought behind it, Yeah, a way to think. We're going to talk about motivating, uh, not just the, those listeners out there today, but also students, how to motivate students, and then uh, look at some practical helps. So let's just jump in, and uh, the question of evangelism, what uh, do you want to say to our listening audience today about evangelism? Well, I would say that the average student in a youth group probably doesn't even know what that word means. I actually did my own little self-experiment this summer at Falls Creek. I probably went to about 100 cabins this summer, and I'd ask I just ask, you know, do you know what evangelism is? Raise your hand. And uh, we'd get somewhere between 25 and 30 percent of the kids to raise their hands. And so a lot of people don't even know what that is. And so I just explain it like this. Um, the, the, what is the word in the middle of evangelism? I spell it E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-S-M. And they say angel is in the middle of evangelism. And it just, it's, it's actually kind of good to remember that because an angel always has a message from God. And uh, that's exactly what evangelism is, is just sharing God's message, the gospel. So we help with that. And, uh, and I lo- I've also, a question I've asked, I mean, tons of our cabins and our groups is uh, I ask them to, on the count of three, say what they're good at, you know? And so they think about it for a second. And I say, one, two, three, and you hear just random stuff. You can kind of make out what people say. But whether it's sports, whether it's music, bands, you know, some kids, like today, some kids said making fishing lures, you know, and some random things. But um, I always ask at the end, did anybody say evangelism? Is that something that you're good at? And uh, I actually have not had a single person say that yet. It's like their top thing that they're excellent at. And as a Christian, honestly, like, we should be excellent at evangelism. Like, we should be actually good at it. Not to be prideful or anything, but we should have skills. That should be on the top of our skill set is sharing our faith. And, uh, and so many are not, you know, it doesn't always become the greatest priority. And so, uh, so we just talked about that and uh, how they can get better at evangelism. Just like, you know, if you want to get good slowly at something, you practice for a few minutes, you know, maybe once a month. If you want to get good at something quickly, you might go to like a camp, right? You might go to a conference. You might go to a clinic or a class or whatever. And uh, I promise you, you'll get good at whatever that is if you're practicing it, you know, all day at that camp. And so we always say the Youth Evangelism Conference is kind of like, it's kind of like evangelism camp. Evangelism honestly. camp. Evangelism camp, right? I like it. We do that for all these other things. What, what about for something that matters 100 years from now, right? I always ask them that the thing, I, the thing that you shouted that you're good at, will it matter 100 years from now? Will it matter 1,000 years from now or a million years from now? And uh, a lot of those things aren't. And so we want to, like, invest in something that has eternal significance for sure. And so evangelism, man, needs to be, needs to be a priority to our youth leaders, uh, so they can, in, in turn, um, help their students to make it a priority as well. So Awesome. Yeah. So um, with evangelism camp idea being something that would be worthwhile, what do you think would be like the least worthwhile camp 
to offer someone? Man, I don't know. Maybe like uh, badminton camp. Badminton you know? camp. I not mean, to offend any badminton players out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's not one of it's those. It's probably not on the top of the no, list. I'm not going to really pine away for Maybe badminton knitting camp. camp or something. Knitting camp. No. That would be quiet. It would be, be quiet. really slow-moving, quiet Yeah, it would camp. be relaction camp probably. Yeah, it really be, would be. Calm. So, yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, with this idea of evangelism camp, um, taking a conference, speeding up the training, uh, jumping into that. And that's one thing I think uh, is great about um, YEC. It's an opportunity to kind of capture that and address really those fears that hold students back in sharing their faith, um, not knowing enough, uh, being afraid. So it gives them the tools, gives them the information, but also gives them a way to push toward confronting that fear by doing doing evangelism. And yeah. it gives them confidence in doing that. And I think that's what a lot of times we, we lack confidence because we don't practice it. Yeah. Um, or we lack confidence because we're not growing in our faith. And so therefore yeah. we're not bold about our witness. And so I, th- I think that idea would be great. How, how do you think, um, just from a philosophical sense of evangelism, um, what do you think are the uh, primary things that might propel evangelism in a group or in an individual's life? Um, can you can you speak to that for me? Yeah, I think that, that propel is a great word, and I, I'd call that passion. You know, um, people are passionate about all kinds of things, and it's not like you have to continue to motivate them because they're self motivated. You know it. They're self-propelled, you know what I mean? They, uh, and I think that there are lots of different passions uh, for evangelism, just like there are different types of gasoline, you know? I mean, you pull up to the pump, and there's all these assortment kinds. I always get the cheapest one all the way to the left, you know what I mean? But um, I think about the different passions for ev- evangelism, um, and one of them is, I think, obedience to God. Obviously, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus called us to go, like he commanded us to go. And so that's a, certainly a passion fuel that we need um, to uh, propel us forward to do that. I think another one of those is uh, just having compassion for lost people. You know, some people, they look at others and their heart's broken because they're they're like a sheep without a shepherd, just like Jesus actually said that in Matthew 9, 36, how he looked on the crowd with compassion, that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so I think, you know, students and youth workers, just seeing others, you know, uh, seeing people like they're, they're, they're lost. They're, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. So compassion for those people. I think another kind of passion fuel to propel people to do that is just just the fear of their friends going to hell. I mean, we all say we believe in heaven and hell, but our our, our actions usually deny it, you know. And um, but if that's true, I mean, the Bible actually says, like in Jude one uh, twenty two, it says to snatch others from the fire and save them, right? So maybe that's a, a, a fuel that we can. Uh, focus on uh, friends going to hell. and Or I think also we talked about some of this at Falls Creek this year about the fear of giving an account to Jesus someday. Um, you know, the judgment seat of Christ is a very real thing that not everybody talks about in in the in a church, but we are going to stand before God as believers and give account not for our salvation, but for how we how we invested our life, you know, in Second Corinthians five ten, it says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done well in the body, whether good or bad. Right. So definitely that. Um, and on that same note, uh, the rush of getting rewarded by God for our faithfulness. I mean, I want to invest wisely in my in my life. You know, I my life is like a 
a mist, the Bible says. It's like a vapor. Psalm 39 calls it a hand breath. You know, it's, it's basically really short. So we want to definitely like invest it wisely. So maybe the rush of reward by him for our faithfulness. It says in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3 um, how, you know, if we build on our sal- salvation is first by grace through faith in Jesus, but on that, uh, we build using gold, silver, or costly stone, or wood, hay, or straw, and it's tested by fire on the day, the judgment seat of Christ, and if what is built survives because uh, we work for the Lord, we receive a reward. So maybe it's a rush of reward, an investment. And, and I think, too, as if you, you pastors that are listening to this, certainly that what should propel them to share the gospel and encourage their kids to do the same is to see the transformational power that the gospel can exert on unbelievers. I guarantee you, if you're a youth leader listening to this, you didn't get into youth ministry for the paycheck. You got into it for the payoff, right? And the payoff is seeing people like the transformational power of the gospel like it says in Romans 1:16 you know the gospel is the power of God and the salvation so i think some of those things uh, will, will propel people to do this and prepare propel youth leaders to make this a priority and certainly uh, propel students to do that and again motivation is about 80% of the battle here uh, the the equipping part is actually pretty easy after we motivate students to actually do it. So, right. So uh, so we'll t- talk a little bit about philosophy. Talked a little bit about motivation. So we're gonna take a little break here. Uh, come back, Brian Baldwin, Todd Sanders in studio talking about evangelism. Today we'll be right back on the Scopus podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Scopos Podcast. I'm Todd Sanders and I'm with Brian Baldwin. And we are talking evangelism. I'm still intrigued by this evangelism camp idea, Brian. It's a cool idea. So I think, let's think of good... YEC could be no, Youth Evangelism Camp. camp. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that Falls Creek. Let's think about bad evangelism camp themes. Oh, bad evangelism camp. Yeah. Okay. Like things that might be ill-advised. We could like, call it like... What's that smell? Yeah. It's your flesh. Like that may yeah. not be a great thing. That is good. But sure. it's, I mean, it definitely creates a picture. Yeah, we can hand out like bullhorns to everybody, you yes. know, and say this is your tool. This is your voice. tool. This and is your tool of evangelism. Right. That is correct. You yes, know? I like it. I yeah, like we don't want a bad evangelism camp. Yeah. That's bad form. Bad evangelism camp themes. So think about that. Um, if you guys think about it, maybe uh, send us those on the Okima page. Um, we might have some fun sharing those things. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this this idea of catapulting uh, evangelism in the life of a student or a life of a group through um, seeking to train, equip, and then have a strategy and a plan for that. So we kind of ended the last segment with some motivation, right? What's motivation in evangelism? So uh, kind of wrap that conversation up and then move into like what leaders can do, because we always want to give handles here on our podcast that you can grab hold of and, and actually use these things. So we're not just philosophically talking but it's stuff that you can practice in your church on a day-to-day basis. So what are some practical things leaders could take away today? Yeah, well, I would say if you are a leader, you, don't, you, you can't out-entertain the world, right? And some, some churches try this. I mean, they've got some pretty impressive facilities. I mean, they've got cool video games in their youth room. I mean, they have awesome, you know, all, all this cool stuff, and they almost try to out-entertain the world, which, you know, competing against, uh, you know, Netflix and... YouTube and social media and about a thousand channels of cable, 
like the church is going to lose that battle. But we have, as the church, we have the greatest mission the world has ever seen. And so we should, we should really harness that. We should, you know, channel that. Um, because students want a cause to live for. I mean, it's very obvious, and sometimes it reveals itself you know, in a negative way. I think we've seen a lot of teens involved in causes, whether it's you know walkouts or holding up signs, you know, capitals, or you know, on college campuses or even social media campaigns. Students want to live for a cause. There's no doubt about that. And we have the greatest cause the world has ever seen. And so if you're a youth leader, let's make that your draw, right? So let's make the cause of Christ, and students want a cause to live for, and we have the greatest cause. Let's focus on it and not so much on entertaining them side. Mm, um, and so that's really important to think about. I, uh, my friend Greg Steer, he always gives this illustration of a bomb diffusing class, which to me I just makes perfect sense to me as a youth pastor. You know, you can— uh, you can, if you were to teach people how to defuse a bomb, but never were they ever going to defuse a bomb, um, it, the class would get pretty boring after, you know, the eighth week, you know, and taking it 10 hours a day or whatever. But if after that class was over, you're going to get on an airplane, fly to, you know, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, and defuse real bombs over the next two years, all of a sudden, it would be the most interesting class in the world, right? <laughs> uh, red wire or blue wire here? You know, do we, which role play, can we role play that one more time? Can you put that slide up once more? Because you have a cause, right? And so students that are in your youth ministry and they're not engaged in the cause, man, they're going to be like that bomb diffusing class of, you know, a person never actually going to do anything with it. And so let's, um, let's engage people in the cause in our student ministries which will give them passion and they'll want to learn. Actually, I, I believe that evangelism accelerates discipleship. And so, you know, Todd, you're a discipleship guy, you know, and some people think, well, does evangelism, discipleship, as if they're like, you know, these two separate things that yeah. we need to yeah. do that. They're, they're both extremely important. Yeah, both and, yeah. Well, I mean, both are a part of the other. And so they're not in Scripture divorced. And so I don't know why we do that. Yeah. In the church, because I mean, if we're going to make disciples, well, then we have to see them come to faith, yeah, so they can then grow and so they can then turn around and share their faith so others can come to know the yeah. Lord. And so, those two things cannot be surgically uh, removed from one another. And it's certainly true that evangelism accelerates discipleship as well. I think that's why they complement each other so well. The disciples, uh, they grew pretty exponentially uh, in their faith because Jesus, you know, called them to follow him, it's discipleship, and and then he called them to be a fisher of men. Like, not after so many years of classes, then they'll be ready, like, right then. And he right. let them fail on the job yeah. training. And if we're thinking that, you know, one of these days when our kids get older, then they'll be ready for evangelism, I just like to ask how that's working out for the adults in our churches, you know. Um, and so many times uh, they're, they're not sharing. And uh, we should, I don't think we should wait either to get people to share their faith. And um, I actually have a, a, just a quick story. My, my niece, um, uh, who is uh, came to know the Lord? Uh, her p- mom, my half sister, they're kind of a little anti-Christian, you know, not just like atheists, but they're kind of like they think they're evil, you know. And uh, one one uh, day, her daughter came in and said, "Mom, you know, got the family together and and just wanted everybody to know she became a Christian that day." And uh, her parents were pretty upset about that, even threatened to take her car away if she got baptized. And but at the same time, she's trying to reach her mom and dad with the gospel. 
and her parents are throwing all these questions back at her, like, what do you mean there's a God? Evolution proves there's not. What do you mean that you trust the Bible? That, and, you know, just powerful people wrote the Bible, you know, and, and she's having to get answers to all these questions to help own her faith so she can share her faith. And I guarantee you, a three-year-old Christian she is, is she's probably more mature than most 30-year-old Christians because she had to own her faith rapidly. And so I do think that evangelism accelerates discipleship. And so uh, that should be, you know, thinking about our ministry models, like let's, let's focus, you know, on the cause and on the job training, not one of these days they'll be ready and stuff. So, so I think we should, we should kind of model our ministries to uh, make evangelism uh, Really, it's the primary task of the church, so a, a huge priority. Yeah, I, I think the if a leader, and, and this is going to be a little bit of a maybe step on toes thing here, um, I just think that there is uh, great value in really embracing the ultimate goals that we have as disciples and as the church. And so if we're going to be a leader and we're teaching the Word of God, we're proclaiming the message of Christ, then we have to, one, be about evangelism. We have to also be about invitation, and we've talked about that on the podcast before with Ed Newton, and we'll continue to talk about that uh, with others. We have to be about invitation mm. um, because the gospel is an invitation. And so if we're not about that, then I don't think we're fulfilling really what the Lord has put us here to do as ministers. You know, when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, do the work of an evangelist, um, he's reminding him, hey, you have a job as an evangelist. You need to share your faith, share the gospel. Um, and then if we're, if we're not taking the role of making disciples seriously, then we're not fulfilling the great commission that the Lord has given us to make disciples. And so um, if you're not then reaching students and teaching students to do that as well, then you're not fulfilling your ultimate goal as one a believer and two as a minister. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think this, this should strike us in the heart. Um, of who we are in the church and as leaders um, in the work that we do with students, this message of evangelism and the importance of it. Yeah. The importance of it. So anything else practically that you would like to add for leaders just in yeah. developing a plan, a strategy, moving for sure. forward with this? I would say if you're a youth pastor, you have to set the pace. If you want your ministry to be gospel advancing, I mean, what, what youth pastor doesn't, right? We want to see more kids in our church, in our youth rooms. We want to see more people saved more people baptized, all those things. Uh, if you want your ministry to be gospel advancing, you're going to have to set the pace. Um, and I mean, really, who you model matters. And really, the Christian life is a big game of follow the leader, right? And, uh, and so I want you to think about, like, are you setting the pace when it comes to evangelism? Um, my, my pastor always said, if you want others to bleed, then you're going to have to hemorrhage, right? Um, and so you're going to have to just do that. And so are you getting out of the office? Are you getting, you know, around lost people um, on purpose? And as a youth leader, I had to ask myself, you know, how am I going to do that? And I prayed that God would give me a fishing spot, you know. I was just around the church so much, doing all the stuff that I wasn't around lost people. And so I started doing jail ministry, started subbing at the local school. Uh, I just started trying to put myself around lost people. And that way I came back and I had stories of, um, to share of when I was sharing my faith. And sometimes people think, well, I don't want to brag. You know, I don't want to brag and make it sound like I'm some spiritual superhero evangelism, you know, just real, real prideful and, and, and bragging. But, you know, you can always deflect that, you know, glory to the Lord. Uh, but, man, I'm telling you, 
Um, those, if you want your, your students to start sharing their faith, they have to know that you're doing it. And that means you're going to have to tell them. You're going to have to share that. So I'd make it a priority to, um, to share stories, whether it's large group, small group, maybe even individual conversations, maybe it's social media or text or something to, where you're sharing how you have uh, shared your faith with others. And uh, not just the good stories. Share the bad stories. Share it when it went horrible. You know, share it when it was so awkward and how you failed. You know, or, um, and just, just emphasizing it's about faithfulness, not success. And so definitely you need to set the pace um, if you want that to be a, a, a priority. And then also, you're going to have to program in, if you want, like, this gospel advancing evangelism um, thing in your in your student ministry, you're going to have to program that in, right? So you need to think annually, you need to think weekly, even daily. I think in your annual ministry uh, calendar priorities, I mean, I mean, what about YEC? You know, I mean, you, you apply, whatever you program is re- reflecting what your priorities are, what you're spending your time and your money on. Are you going to reflect your priorities? So, how much of that is evangelism? You know, whether it's coming to an event like YEC, or doing monthly, you know, series on evangelism, or having speakers come. But just look at your annual calendar, and look at your your kind of quarterly, you know, or even weekly. I mean, look at your Wednesday night rundown. You know, um, how much is evangelism a part of that? Um, and certainly, I mean, do you give an opportunity to? For people to respond to the gospel, and that's one way that you can model evangelism is is let your students see you give the gospel every single week. You know, like Charles Spurgeon said that, you know, I I, I he preached his text and then made a beeline to the cross and segued the gospel into every little thing. And so, just how are you making that? A, priority, you know, you sharing the gospel every week. And you might say, well, there, you know, there's no lost kids in my youth room. Well, that's going to let the students know that whoever they invite to church at any given time, they will hear the gospel and they'll have a chance to respond. And so I just think in a weekly basis um, and even like a, a daily basis um, of just uh, making that a part of your life, saying, God, I'm, I want to share the faith. Every, my, I want to share my faith every single day. Um, and maybe put that in kind of your even daily goals that I mean, before your head hits the pillow that night, just kind of ask, man, did I, did I engage in the primary task or not, you know? And so just some things, some practical things to think about um, is real important. Um, and I would just kind of, you know, lastly say about all this is, um, you, you know, to think about those messages that you're, you're preaching to your students. You know, you do a lot of those. I remember as a youth pastor, they come up with messages all the time, and it's like three, three, three sometimes four times a week different Bible studies, and just to figure out how can you, can you goss- make, make the gospel the focus of those messages, right? Um, and so many times people complicate that. They're not sure how to do that. Um, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, like weight loss, you know, people overcomplicate that of like all these different methods and stuff. But basically, it's two things. You know, you eat well and you exercise, you know. And when it comes to kind of gospel focusing your messages, um, it's really just simple. You just share your message and you find out how you can transition that to the gospel every single message. And you give the gospel and you give a chance for people to respond some way, shape, or form. And so, 
Um, so anyhow, that's kind of I just think some practical things. Um, if you have any, if you if you want to visit or some more info from us at the convention, or just kind of share some ideas, maybe talk about your ministry model, what you're doing, and we would love to coach you in that and um, just give you some help however we can. So there's just a few practical things I think youth leaders can do. Perfect. Hey, let's wrap up this way. Um, if you had three quick things, three quick things, you would just say, here's a bullet list of three things to encourage students with that these leaders listening could could give to their kids. Um, or maybe if there's a student listening to this podcast, uh, you would say, hey, do do these three things. If you want to ignite evangelism in your life personally, what are three things you would encourage them to do? Well, obviously, it sounds kind of cliche and, you know, super spiritual or whatever, but to pray. I mean, um, that's like, again, that's where the battle has, is won. Uh, that's, you know, salvation is a work of the Spirit. And, you know, getting you can't make students do anything, right? Um, that's the problem with ministry is we're not dealing with widgets here. You know, there's A plus B does not equal C. And so it's a work of the Spirit. So, man, just to pray, you know, pray God would give you opportunities, give you, he'd be involved not only in your, pers- your personal life, but in your ministry life. And then just to... Um, uh, just to equip and you know, figure out, okay, how can I, how can I do this? How can I make this a priority and, and figure out how can I, how am I going to equip this, the students to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to actually do it. We're all good about talking about all these strategies, you know, we're going to do all this stuff, but I mean, actually doing it is the hard part. You know, the Great Commission says uh, to go and make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and teaching people to obey things is a lot different than teaching people things. And so finding out how can you hold your, your people accountable to actually doing those things. Um, again, go back to the whole get in shape thing. It's easy to learn how to get in shape, but to actually do it is a lot different. And so just finding ways to hold your students accountable, I think, would be helpful as well. So uh, there's just a few things to kind of end on awesome. there, Todd. Very good. Yeah. So Brian, thanks for your time today. Thanks for dropping the knowledge about evangelism on us today. So it's been good spending time talking about it. If you're out there listening, a lot of resources that you can check out at scopos.org slash evangelism. Our contact information is also on the email, so you can contact any one of us. Uh, Specifically, with evangelism and missions questions, talk to Brian Baldwin. He is the man. So um, thank you guys for your time. Thanks for tuning in today. And we'll look forward to seeing you the next time here on the Scopos Podcast, where we help you, we don't hit you. We actually don't hit you. Sometimes, you know. We don't hit you. We help you hit the mark. If we need to hit you, just let us know. In life and ministry. Thank you. Scopos and the Scopos Podcast are ministries of the BGCO and made available through the generous gifts of Oklahoma Baptists to the cooperative program. Find out more about Oklahoma Youth Ministry at scopos.org. Thank you for listening to the Scopos Podcast. The Scopos Podcast is brought to you by the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma, Scopos Youth Ministry Team, sound engineering by Glenna Birch, original music by J.J. Worthen, and voiceover by Kim Harrison.